Pluto named for the town's founding family. At the top, glaring down at them with empty eyes, was Foster Hill House. It had been abandoned before Ivy was born. The years had not been kind to the old house. Ivy squinted into the sudden glare of sunlight as the bright orb escaped from behind gray clouds. Several men congregated at the bottom of Foster Hill, their backs to her and her father as they surrounded the base of the largest oak tree in Oakwood, Wisconsin. Three of the men she recognized, the sheriff, his deputy, and Mr. Fogarty, who liked to trap animals on the abandoned property, mostly raccoon and mink by the stream that ran into the pond, and... For all that's holy, Ivy froze, releasing her grip on her skirt, and allowing the hemline to settle on the muddy earth. Ivy. Her father should be used to her unorthodox exclamations by now. Joel. She knew the lifeless expression in her voice did nothing to represent the pounding of her heart in her ears. Her vision grazed the broad back encased in a black wool coat. The fedora that tilted on his head hid the majority of the familiar dark brown hair, but Ivy still narrowed her eyes at the strong column of his neck. Who? Her father resumed his long strides, unwilling to allow Ivy's momentary shock to dissuade him from reaching the body discovered only an hour earlier. Ivy matched his pace, Yet this time she questioned whether uncovering the dead woman's story was as critical as avoiding Joel. The orphan, the childhood miscreant, her best friend, who had abandoned her when she'd needed him most so many years before. Joel, Cunningham, she reminded her father. Andrew's Joel, my Joel. Oh. The name jolted her father's memory and earned her a sideways glance. Yes, him. Ivy's unspoken words to her father sparked a different light in his eyes. Would he defend her now? Or did he still believe Joel had a reasonable explanation for his behavior that night? Her relationship with her father had never been quite the same since Andrew's death and Joel's subsequent actions. The men turned as they neared. Joel's hands were deep in his trouser pockets. He twisted just enough so she could see his squared jaw, furrowed brows in that old familiar look of concentration, and his blue eyes. Blue eyes with a hint of gray. A flicker of recognition lighted in them, then vanished, as if he'd snuffed it out along with their past their friendship merely a speck on the timeline of their lives. Ivy avoided his gaze, stiffening her shoulders. He wasn't worth her consideration. She bit her bottom lip as a rush of memories threatened to overwhelm her. He really wasn't, she convinced herself. How old is she? Ivy's father dispensed with formal greetings and he brushed between the men to approach the tree. No idea. Sheriff Dunst's voice carried on a cold gust of March wind. 
Ivy set her focus on the tree. It was long rumored that the Foster Hill oak tree was not only the largest, but also the oldest tree in Oakwood. While its top rose to a marvelous height, it was still dead and its branches never blossomed. The trunk was very wide at the base and split open to reveal a hollow inside. Many a child had hidden there during a rambunctious game of hide-and-seek. They wouldn't hide there anymore. Not after today. The petite body was curled into the position of a babe inside the tree's womb. Blonde hair hung free over her cold, bare shoulders and floated out on the wind. Her torso was covered in a paper-thin dress of gray calico. It was nowhere near enough to keep her warm, but it was more than the cold that tinted the young woman's skin blue. It was